Under HIPAA Omnibus, penalties for non-compliance can go as high as $1.5 million per HIPAA violation. Also in the weeks to come, the Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights is expected to resume random HIPAA audits. In 2012, 115 covered entities such as hospitals and clinics were audited under the pilot program. But once that program starts up again, business associates of covered entities can also be audited since under HIPAA Omnibus, business associates and their subcontractors are also directly liable for HIPAA compliance. I'm Marian Kobasek-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with compliance consultant Bill Myolis, who will explain how a HIPAA audit protocol tool from the Office for Civil Rights can be used to help organizations with their HIPAA compliance efforts. The protocol is available for free on the Department of Health and Human Services website. Hi, Bill. How do you suggest the HIPAA audit protocol be used by covered entities? For instance, is this protocol something to be used if they're preparing for an actual OCR audit? Or is this protocol something that can be used also as a self-assessment tool to improve their overall HIPAA compliance? The way I suggest you're using it is for a self-assessment tool. If you're going to be audited, you really don't have time. So, you know, if we think about like the Mod J Joint Commission reviews, but yeah, clearly you should use it as a self-assessment tool. We really have a huge advantage in the fact that they have actually provided this protocol. So if you were to be subjected to an audit, you get a feel for how they looked at people in the past. Again, that's not 100% predictor of the future, but it certainly shows you what they've looked at in the past, what you could expect if you had an audit. And it's just really a valuable tool and one everyone should really review. Now, under HIPAA Omnibus, business associates and their subcontractors are also directly liable for HIPAA compliance. So they, too are subject to possible OCR audits and breach investigations. How might this protocol be used by business associates as a compliance tool? Well, it would be very similar to the way covered entities, uh, you know, would utilize it to do a self-assessment. But in addition, I think, it would be an education tool for business associates who are just now becoming familiar with many of the HIPAA requirements because it gives you a little more insight into what the HIPAA rule actually means and what they're looking for. Now, for business associates, I will recommend that they also go to OCR guidance on the various HIPAA. There's a series of guidance that they've also provided and hints to what they're looking for. So, again, specifically for business associates, you would use it to do a self-assessment pick a standard and, you know, just go through it one by one when you create your policies, your procedures, your practices, and say, could you survive this audit if it were to happen to you? The audit protocol covers 169 requirements related to the HIPAA security and privacy rules, as well as breach notification. In light of changes under HIPAA Omnibus, including breach notification, what areas of the protocol do you think are most useful for covered entities and business associates? Uh, that's really a tough question because it would be different for most areas. But I think we have to go back to what is the foundation of the rule. And so really when you look at the protocol, I tend to focus a little more on the uh, security standards and specifically the security management process risk analysis, risk management. I think it also helps us with some areas that maybe we were confused about what they might look for. Uh, I know one of the first ones that I looked at was the integrity standard. 
Uh, you know, what would they really be looking to make sure that I'm meeting the integrity standard? So again, any area that you're just not as confident on or you need some validation, I would go for those first. But clearly, security management, risk analysis, risk management are, are critical. Can you provide an example of how the protocol can be applied by an organization to improve HIPAA compliance? Uh, you know, absolutely. And I'm going to start with the one I just talked about, you know, the security manager process. And just to give people a feel for what they would say is, they'd say the first thing that they would do under the security management process, which is they give you the standard, conduct an accurate and thorough assessment of the potential risk involved in its confidentiality, integrity, and availability of electronic protection information held by the covered entity, that slash business associate, actually. They give you a key activity is to conduct a risk assessment. And so what they say is, well, what are they going to do? What's the audit protocol for that particular standard? It is, okay, inquire of management as to whether formal and formal policies or practices exist to conduct an accurate assessment. So, again, and it goes on a little bit further, but, again, they're saying is there policies and practices. So they're going to inquire of management. Notice, again, it's management. You can't outsource it. So management needs to be aware of what's going on with the risk analysis. You know, the second one says obtain and review the relevant documentation. Underline the word documentation and evaluate the content relative to the specified criteria. So the, right there in the very first two audit protocol lines for risk management, we find out they want formal policies and procedures, they want management involvement, and they want to make sure you have documentation. And then the third piece, the third line says, evidence of the covered entity risk assessment process. Does it cover everything it's supposed to? Then they ask that how often it's done. Is it done on a periodic basis? It's not a one-time thing. Determine if the covered entity risk assessment has been conducted on a periodic basis. And then the last one on that particular protocol is determine if the covered entity has identified all systems that contain, process, or transmit EPHI. So when we look at that, it really gives us a lot of insight into what means compliance. Compliance, as I've defined it and as I continue to read, is you have a documented policy and procedure, you have documentation of what's going on, and you have evidence that you're following your policies and procedures. And I think I always try to make the point of to people is when the auditors come in, it's not their job to prove you're compliant. It's your job to prove you're compliant. So determine for each of the standards how do you document that you're complying with risk analysis. And it may be that you can show that you've been doing it for a long time. Hey, here they are. They're in this folder. Here's the 15 risk analysis we've been doing. Here's where we identified all our information. So again, making sure you have documentation and policies and procedures. Who within an organization should use the protocol? I think anyone that has an interest, any stakeholder, but I think a lot of it really depends upon the size of the organization. In a large organization that has maybe an internal audit function or a separate ability where you can get someone else to review. Uh, so if there's someone that's primarily responsible for it, make sure that there's someone else that could take the protocol and says, okay, can you do it? In other words, have a checker. Have someone that you can work with. You know, in a small organization, if you're a small business associate, you may just have to use it with a team approach again to go through and say, could we meet this? So it can be anyone from an internal auditor to the security officer himself. But, again, I find the information so valuable when I read through it. I just highly recommend it to everyone to get. And it's free. Now, at some point, the Office for Civil Rights will likely update the protocol based on its analysis of the 115 audits conducted under the pilot program in 2012 and also make changes reflecting the changes of HIPAA omnibus. What's missing from the protocol, in your opinion? 
And looking ahead, what would you like to see added or changed in the protocol? I think what would be helpful with the protocol is, is even though we've got this list, would be a list of documentation that they request and a list of people that they plan to interview when they come outside. That would give us a better feeling of how that would impact us, you know, who they're specifically talking to and what documentation they're looking for exactly. Do they want to see a copy of all risk analysis? Do they want to see a copy of all policies and procedures? You can pick that out by reading through the protocol, but just kind of a summary documentation. What we would call an engagement letter, here's or an initial document request prior to you coming in would be very helpful because they do issue those and they say, hey, get this ready for us. We're coming. We need to see these people. So even just a sample of that would be very helpful. When do you expect we might see a new version of the protocol from OCR? Any idea? You know, I have given up predicting, but I would hope that sometime early next year. But I wouldn't let that deter anyone from using what's available to us now. They'll just tweak it. I don't want to anticipate in having reviewed this pretty thoroughly that there's going to be any major significant changes. Again, they may add some additional information. But again, I would think first quarter of next year. Thanks, Bill. I've been speaking to consultant Bill Myolis. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.